I speak to you in the power of love, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Today we hear a story about the prophet Amos and a story about John the Baptist. Both men are teachers and prophets who have hard truths to tell. Two prophets who in their time were not exactly appreciated, but were instead seen as a threat. Amos and John the Baptist are called by God to witness truth to the world around them. These men both spoke truth to power, and both were severely punished for it. The prophet Amos shares with the high priest Amaziah the three visions he has received from God. One of the land of Israel being infested by locusts, one where a shower of fire consumes the earth, and the one we hear today, the one where God shows Amos a plumb line and explains that this plumb line will be used as an ethical plumb line, and it has shown God that the people of Israel do not measure up. When Amos shares these visions with the high priest, He doesn't exactly appreciate the constructive criticism God is giving through Amos, and he evicts Amos. He sends Amos away to be a refugee elsewhere. He is no longer welcome at home. And we hear John's story in this morning's gospel. John the Baptist, not being one to shy away from radical truth-sharing, confronts power head-on in the Gospel of Mark. He proclaims King Herod's marriage to be unlawful, and by doing so, undermines King Herod, his family, his legitimacy, and his authority. So King Herod places John under arrest and imprisons him. And in the story we hear today, John is killed in jail by Herod, all because King Herod rewards a young girl with the promise that she can have whatever she wants for pleasing him and his guests by dancing at a dinner party. But to everyone's surprise, the young girl asks for John the Baptist's head. And to make the story even more upsetting, King Herod almost blithely gives it to her, grotesquely placing it on a platter and presenting it to the girl who, with joy and pride, brings it to her mother. Let's be honest, y'all. This is a tough gospel passage to read, and it is certainly a tough one to preach. Just now, as I was walking up here, Father Tom said, good luck with that one. Thank you. (laughs) When I went to the lectionary to look over the passages for this Sunday, my heart sank. Amos is exiled and homeless, and our gospel passage is the story of John the Baptist beheaded in prison, his head served on a platter to a young girl who requested it. What am I supposed to do with this, Jesus? Can't we just skip over these stories? Who decided to place this in the lectionary for a Sunday morning? What are we supposed to do with this? These passages are difficult. I don't like reading them, and I certainly have trouble finding the hopeful message and good news within them. 
And there's something in particular that's pulling at my heart when I read them this week. These passages are difficult because they are dark and violent, and I think they feel so hard because they feel a little too close to home, a little too close to the stories that are filling our news feeds today, a little too close to reality, to the world that we are living in now. And y'all, I was going to list all the things like I usually do, all the stories of suffering in our society, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. You know the stories. Stories of the powerful elite abusing others, stories of bigotry parading around as justice, stories of senseless violent hatred and death, stories of society's few powerful elite abusing society's many powerless and marginalized others. You know the stories. And when I hear the story of Amos being evicted and made homeless, and I read the story of John the Baptist arrested for standing up to power and then senselessly beheaded, it's upsetting because it hits too close to home. These are stories that I could once excuse as really old and weird stories that we sometimes stumble upon in scripture. These were stories I could once laugh at uncomfortably, shake my head at, but they feel heavy today against the backdrop of the stories we are hearing. And the Bible does this sometimes. Just when we think we have evolved and are far removed from the Bible's context, just when we are simply looking for metaphors and empowering messages from our ancient sacred text, just when we're ready to skip over the Bible's more bizarre and violent passages and say something like, well, it was a different time, that's just some stuff that isn't relevant today. Just when we're about to put the Bible down because we are just too tired, the Bible confronts us with an upsetting story that hits a nerve. Sometimes when we peer into the Bible's pages and it looks back at us and it says, I see you, my pages are full of your suffering. My pages are full of the violence and pain you have inflicted on one another. Sometimes the Bible becomes a looking glass, becomes a mirror and reflects back to us exactly what we human beings are capable of when we are at our very worst. We are followers of Jesus. We believe in a creator God who loves us unconditionally and we have an ancient sacred text that tells us beautiful stories about Jesus. A text that gives us miraculous stories about the healing power of God's unconditional love. And that same text has desert stories. It has lost in the wilderness stories, violent, sad, and desperate stories, stories of loss and suffering. Because our scriptures are a mirror to us, a sacred mirror that shows us the power we have to inflict suffering on one another when we are at our very worst, and the power we have to save to heal and love one another when we are at our very best. 
Times do feel desperate right now in this country. The desert feels like it's stretched out in front of us with no oasis in sight. People are being evicted and made homeless like Amos by those in power who do not want to hear a word of critique or truth. People have suffered and died senselessly like John the Baptist by those who are blinded by hate and greed. This is a chapter in our nation's history that is full of pain and fear. But we can't stop here. We cannot just walk away. We must never believe that inside the pain and chaos of these stories that we are powerless. When senseless death happens, when someone is marginalized and abused, when someone is arrested unjustly, when someone is treated as anything less than one of God's beloved, we, as followers of Jesus, must remember that we have the power to heal the suffering. The Bible reflects back our our humanity to us in stories, in the stories that it holds, and the Bible shows us the power we all hold, the power we hold to hurt and the power we hold to heal, the power we hold to be the cause of suffering and the power we hold to share compassion and end suffering. We have been given the power to share the good news of God's love with the world. We are followers of Jesus who have the power to be beacons of love of God's unconditional love, love that heals, love that empowers, love that scatters darkness, love that brings new life. As followers of Jesus, we have been given the power to love. It is a gift all of creation is possible of sharing with one another, to love others, show compassion, and end suffering. And we come here We come to this place every Sunday to be reminded of that power, to renew our strength. We come here to renew our faith in the power of this love, the love God poured out to us in the life and teachings of Jesus, the love God gave willingly in the suffering and death of Jesus on the cross, the power of love God showed in the resurrection of Christ and the love God continues to give in the promise of new life. Our presiding Bishop Curry in his sermon at the royal wedding said, when love is the way, we will actually treat each other like we are family. When love is the way, we know what God is, that God is the source of us all and that we are brothers and sisters and children of God. When we discover the power of love, it will change and transform the world. We hold the capacity for a great power to be unleashed on this world. We hold the power to end suffering. We hold the power of God's unconditional love within us, the healing, transformative love This power to love is what we human beings are capable of when we are at our very best. When we are being what God made us to be, we become living beacons of love. 
And now you might be thinking, well, Mother Erin, that all sounds nice, but what am I supposed to do day in and day out? Well, I'm glad you asked. Recently, at our general convention, our wonderful presiding Bishop Curry gave to us a rule of life, a way to pattern ourselves every day. As the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement, he says, we follow the way of Jesus. His way is the way of love, and that love has the power to change lives and change the world. And he calls this practice, this journey that we are all on together, the way of love. And if you would like to know more, you can find a handout in your pews. A practice of reminding ourselves every day that we are beacons of love. This is what we are capable of. May we remember the love God has given us. May we renew our faith in this love today and every day. And amongst all the painful stories of suffering we hear around us, may we remember that we hold the greatest power within ourselves as beloved creations of our Creator. We hold the power to love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. This is who we are. This is our calling. And with this power of love, we can end the suffering in this broken world. Amen. <laughs>